Welcome, everybody, to the first ever Friar Talk Tuesday, a part of America's Finest Sports. So if you guys haven't really heard, we're basically joining this group. It's a collaborative San Diego sports media group. Um, Friar Talk Tuesday is going to be one. We might do Friar Talk Thursday sometimes, but this is the, the first edition of it. No chase today. He's driving home, so just going to be me and Isaac. But looking forward to talking a lot about the Padres. Uh, we're going to do some stuff on fantasy football, NFL, basically a, a ton of San Diego sports content and also just overall sports content as well so for this episode we're actually streaming in both on both friar talks youtube and on america's finest sports youtube um i will send the link to that channel below um i think we're also on friar talks twitter as well so just trying to to get it out to a few places this is our, our first week doing this first ever episode so this week is a little bit of a of a trial run i would say for the whole channel but looking forward to doing it we got some other people that are working on some stuff got some bigger channels too um so gonna be a lot of fun to talk about football and start working on this stuff uh to try to make it a, a little bit bigger a part of our careers hopefully as as we are all early 20s kind of starting starting to get in the workforce so trying to trying to work something out for ourselves but it's it's been really fun doing fryer talk and we're excited to to start this stuff up so with that said Isaac, first topic that we're going to have, are the Padres going to make the playoffs? What do you think? Honestly, yeah, I would say, yeah, I think the Padres will make the playoffs, but I don't think they'd go, you know, to the NLCS or the World Series. I think the current team as is, um, they definitely will not be the type of team to, you know, go the distance, especially with, I, I think they have great pitching. Don't get me wrong. It's just a matter of, that lineup is, is not is not a is not a good lineup. It's definitely not a good lineup. But I mean, pitching pitch can get you far. But at the same time, it's only the starting pitching that's very reliable. You go to the bullpen. You don't really have a righty arm outside of Nick Martinez that you can rely on. And then your lefty arm closer that's supposed to be one of the best closers in baseball has been one of the worst closers in baseball. That I mean, as far as I can remember, is in the past month or two. Um, so the bullpen is definitely going to falter. Is definitely going to hold down um, the starting pitching. But I do think this is a playoff team. I really do think this is a playoff team. Remember, guys, it only takes around eighty-five wins to to be the six seed. Last year it was like eighty-three wins, I think, and it was the Reds with eighty-three wins. Um, so eighty-four plus gets you in maybe even 83, depending on what the tiebreaker is. So as long as you're around 85, you should bank, be able to make the playoffs. And I believe the Padres need what, like around 30 more wins. They have to go around 500 the rest of the way. And I think uh, I'm pretty confident that they can go 500 the rest of the way. But what I will say is it is unfair to say that this Padres team um, cannot make it all the way because it's this current Padres team will probably not be the same team that, that, um, that is after the trade deadline. Like being very realistic, it'll probably not be the same team. If it's for Soto, you're going to see multiple guys gone, especially out of the farm system. For anyone who loves those prospects, I'm sorry, but it is absolutely worth everything to get Juan Soto. Um, and, and it'll immensely help the Padres because where the what the Padres lack right now is a good lefty power bat. I mean, Eric Hosmer sucks. Trent Grisham sucks. Um, there's multiple guys that are not getting it done from the left side of the plate and immediately adding somebody like Juan Soto improve, you know, significantly improves what the significantly improves that lineup, what the Padres need. Of course, he's not a good outfielder. He's like in the first percentile in out above average. So he's really bad in the outfield, but where he's going to make up for that is at the plate where he's compared to one of the top. I mean, he's one of the top 10 hitters at the age of 23 ever. So he's definitely going to be, he would be a huge upgrade. Now, 
there are upgrades outside of Juan Soto that we can make. And there are actually the resources could be split into more, um, more pieces. Whereas if you get Juan Soto, your resources are going towards just with that one piece. So I understand the argument of, well, the, the resources we're going to use to get Juan Soto could be split into multiple resources. But at the same time, this is Juan Soto. Like there was an article, I'm sure everybody read it, where no matter how many prospects you give up, the trade almost always goes your way. The trade will almost always go your way if you're trading for a player like Juan Soto. Um, but I mean, that's just that's just my opinion, man. I, I personally think it's it's Juan Soto. It should be your top priority. If Shohei Otani becomes available, then he should be your top priority. Um, but other than that, there is still Brian Reynolds. There's Ramon Laureano, Ian Happ, Wilson Contreras. The, the trade market's starting to open up day by day, and the Marlins look like they could sell. And I think there's a really good writer reliever in their, in their bullpen. Um, I'm trying to remember the name. I was talking to you guys about it earlier, but I'll pull it up. Um, uh Anthony Bass, former Padre, I believe. Um, righty reliever with a 151 ERA. You look at his baseball salon, it's fantastic. So there's a lot of resources the Padres could go to, not just Soto. Dude, absolutely. And I think that we start looking at at, at this like team of are they going to make the playoffs, right? That's the question. And I think the way that you start out this conversation is perfect. Well, this isn't going to be the same team that's going to be making the playoffs. So the team we're talking about, a lot of it is speculation on what's going to happen during the trade deadline. Um, Soto, I see people talking in the chat. Where is it? Someone said, basically, let me find it, that they were basically that the Potters, oh, here it is, LGH. Um, Potters were number one in voting for Soto among execs. One, that scares me. I, I don't like to see that. No, I see man, Buster on. only saying like, oh, yeah, like the Potters are going to land Soto. That makes it – that's probably the last thing I want to hear, honestly. Um, yeah, but, yeah, like that's a, that's that's the guy that like they've been linked to the most. But, of course, because, of course, it's going to be the main guy. Um, you brought up Otani as like another big name, right? Well, Otani's kind of been talked about like, yeah, he's not available. So then that's why we don't hear the rumors kind of there. Um, but the Potters are absolutely a team that is going to that, – a team that, is, that has to make moves. They're going to make moves. I think that is inevitable. Um, is it going to be Juan Soto? I don't know. Is it going to be Ian Happ? I don't know, but it, there's going to be someone that's going to be added. There's probably going to be multiple bats added to this team. Um, they are in desperate need for another high-quality arm in the bullpen. Um, when we look at this team, we look at the weaknesses. I think there's two things that they're really weak in. One, power. They do not have enough power. And two, is having guys in the back of your bullpen that you truly trust. I don't trust Taylor, Taylor Rogers. I really don't. Garcia? Not really. Maybe if he's in the Hell sixth no. inning, Hell no. right? <laughs> yeah, like no, Robert Suarez, he was coming along, then he got banged up, so it's kind of tough. Pierce Johnson, dude, Pierce Johnson might be one of the arms I trust the most. Yeah. And mm -hmm. the good thing is for the bullpen, because I think that is, I think the bullpen is the biggest weakness. I think the bullpen is a larger weakness, or I, like a larger weakness right now in this team than the offense, even though the the offense actually hasn't been that bad lately. Like it really hasn't been that terrible. Yeah. Has been good. No, I'm not going to make the argument that it's been good. Um, but you're also going to get Tatis back. You're also going to get Myers back. The Myers Mazzara platoon is pretty solid. Um, you brought up the lefty bats also, dude. We're talking about lefty bats. Mazzara is one of the best lefty bats on the team. It's basically yeah. him and Cronenworth as like the guys you really trust there. Um, mm -hmm. But adding a bat, so you add one bat and you add one really good reliever, that's enough to make to the playoffs. Now. Is that enough to make a lot of noise in the playoffs? I don't know if that's the case. Now, you can always get lucky. You can always get 
I mean, the cool thing with the Potters is you can have Manny get hot and Tatis get hot, and they will just carry the whole squad. Like, that that would happen if you get that in the playoffs. But you can't really have all of your marbles in on only two guys. Like, you need a, a more spread-out offense. You need a better offense. Um, but, yeah, I think right now if, if the, the question is, like, are the Potters going to make the playoffs, I think you got to lean yes. Um, but, obviously, with a little bit of an asterisk looking at the trade deadline, I know that we're assuming um, that the Potters are going to make some moves. I don't know who it will be, but I think the other thing you got to bring up is last year, Padres seemed like they were kind of going all in on a couple guys. Stuff kind of fell through, and you end up getting Daniel Hudson and Adam Frazier, and it was a a fat L at the deadline. If that was to happen again, then that kind of puts you in a spot of like, oh, no, is this an implosion type deal? Because, yeah, we talk about all these guys coming back. I mean, I've tweeted about it a ton Drew Pomerantz, right? He's supposed to be back soon. Pierce Johnson is supposed to be back soon. Robert Swartz, right? All these guys in the bullpen. What we don't really bring up a lot because we don't want to talk about it is what if other guys go down? Because all of a sudden, if you don't have those, if you're getting a couple reinforcements back, but you're losing important players, you can be in the same hole where if this team goes and they add a couple guys, you're going to feel a lot more sure of the offense, of the bullpen, if there are other guys in the building that you have that you have faith in. So I think that's a big thing when you look at it. Um, and that's why I don't think that this, this trade line is Soto or bust. I think having the mentality of like Soto or bust is, is really bad because if you do bust, you might miss the playoffs. Yep. If you go and you have some contingency plans that are pretty solid and you're able to add a couple bats and let's say like you, you move Myers contract, right. And then you add it like a similar amount in a, in a couple offensive players and a bullpen piece, you had three guys for roughly $20 million. You can stay under the luxury tax and you're going to be a lot better. And then you're going to get a lot of guys back from injury. And all of a sudden it's like, yeah, the Potters should absolutely make the playoffs. That shouldn't even be a question anymore. Um, but definitely, definitely some concerns right now. And I think that that's probably my biggest fear with this team is injuries. And then of course, kind of just striking out at the deadline and like not getting Soto and then having like it completely fall apart. Yeah. I mean, you can't really afford to be that kind of team that just banks on getting Juan Soto. I, I think like if a deal's not done, day before the trade deadline or two days before the trade deadline with Juan Soto, you, you just move on because you can't really afford to to hang on to those pieces and, and just wait in, in hopes of getting Juan Soto because realistically there's going to be, you know, six, seven other playoff teams in the race for Juan Soto and you might not have the best offer. I really do think the Dodgers are going to make some sort of crazy offer. Um, and, and that's kind of the, the biggest fear for us Padre fans is that the Dodgers end up acquiring Juan Soto um, no, I don't, I don't think they are the favorite. I think they're going to spread out their resources somewhere else. Um, but that, that will be the biggest fear. Even the Cardinals, I think that should be a fear for the Padres as well, because that Cardinals squad would be deadly if they were to get Juan Soto. Um, but you know, I, I am all in on getting Juan Soto, but, uh, at the same time, like you said, there are other resources. Josh Bell would be a fantastic resource. And I keep seeing, you know, the, the Red Sox might want to hang on to Xander Bogarts. I think they'd be ridiculous to hang on to Xander Bogarts. And I might be a part of the minority that says I would love to have Xander Bogarts. It's only half a year. And this is the one guy, keep in mind, guys, I'm not the guy that, that says you can have Tatis in the outfield. I have, I'm heavily, I've been heavily against it. This is the guy where I'm saying, okay, against lefties, if you put Tatis in center field, your lineup looks disgusting. It looks disgusting. You put Machado at third, Bogarts at short. Um, against lefties. See, I'm trying to I'm trying to sort this all you out. Can, you can even put Crone at short and Bogarts oh, yeah. at second too. Exactly. Like you can do something, man. You gotta this is that's the type of player you fit in. I'm I'm 
I mean, I think I'm part of the minority that would want Bogarts. He's cheap. He's a great bat. I mean, that's the type of player where you find if, if we were willing to find somewhere to put Jose Ramirez, I mean, Jose Ramirez is definitely better than Xander Bogarts, but at the same time, you're looking at a, a cheap upgrade for he's only a rental, but you know, I would really like to have Xander Bogarts. Of course, there's also Wilson Contreras that you can talk about. With Wilson Contreras, I think, you know, we were talking about it in our own chat earlier. It's a matter of how would he mesh with the pitchers, and I think that's probably the biggest concern around the league. Keep in mind, he has also played some left field, some first base. You know, I don't think it's very likely that he plays many games outside of his natural position, which is catcher, but it is worth noting because it is a big concern on how he would mesh with the pitchers um, in a different organization. Um but overall, the bullpen is definitely a big, a big need for an upgrade, man. A huge need. Go look at that guy, Anthony Bass, man. I mean, he's got another year of control after this. I really don't think it'd be more than like a mid, like 15 to 20 prospect. I think that 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 would be a huge pickup for the Padres. He's having himself a really, really good year, man. I hope AJ tries to tries to go to the Marlins and tries to pick him up. Um, other than that, you got guys like Jose Castillo, who, you know, he's struggling from what I last saw. He's struggling a little bit right now, but um, that's a lefty. that That's an upgrade. Drew Pomeranz is an upgrade. Pierce Johnson, an upgrade. Suarez, I swear, you know, months ago, I wouldn't have thought this guy's an upgrade, but he looked better before he got injured. Um, there is some bullpen reinforcements, but it's just like, can you really count on those reinforcements? Like production wise? Yeah, you probably can. But in terms of injuries, like you can't bank on them to stay healthy. You need to do something about it. Uh, the pitching, of course, is is going to be fantastic. I think hypothetically, if Otani were, be, were to become available, you're giving up a pitcher, you're giving up Snell or, or Darvish. It doesn't really matter because you're getting a pitcher back. Um, other than that, though, those pitchers are I, I think the pitching is what's going to get us get us to the point that we want to get to. Um this is a playoff team. I, this is a playoff team. I really do believe this is a playoff team. Yeah, they're going to lose their games to the freaking Tigers like yesterday. They're going to go to extra innings against them. You know, they're going to be the, – that's the Padres, though. Those are the Padres. That's the Padres that we know. They suck against bad teams. But what's going to determine it all is how do, they, how do they do in September? How do they do against the Dodgers in nine games and the Giants in what is it, like six games, something like that? It's, it's going to be – September is going to be a very fun month to tune into. Yeah, man, I totally agree. So I got this pulled up on the side just because we've been we've been talking about the playoffs a little bit. Um, so let's take a look. So right now, this is wild card. So these are, I don't know if you can do standings, but basically this is where the Padres are at. Three and a half games up over the Cardinals. I also find the Cardinals to be very, very terrifying. Um, the yes. Braves, they have a few games up on the Padres. I would not be surprised if the Braves end up jumping the Mets. Um, I would also not be surprised if, surprised if the Cardinals end up jumping the Brewers. Um, you also brought up a little bit about the schedule. You got to be really good in September. Why do you need to be really good in September? Because the Cardinals are a team that could pass the Padres up. Same thing with the Brewers. I mean, they're, I think they're like a game or two behind the Padres right now. The Brewers are. Um, and then you got the Phillies. Phillies are not looking great right now. They're looking pretty crappy. However, they do not have Bryce Harper, and Bryce Harper's coming back late in the season. Also, September schedule. Who do you play? I think you play like, I think the Padres play like four series against the Giants. Let's check. That is I'll check not like, they're old. Look, the Giants are really old, right? But that absolutely terrifies me. I mean, we remember when we were when we were younger, when we were little kids. The Giants beat oh, the Padres. No, 
dude, I remember being a little kid and I was so mad. I, I think I threw my remote at the TV. It was like the angriest I'd ever been up to that point in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, when, when the Padres lost on the last game of the season to the Giants and didn't make the playoffs. So that's something that absolutely terrifies me. Uh, I think that this is, I think this is definitely a playoff team. I think if they do not make the playoffs, I think that is, that is a disaster just as bad as last year, if not worse, because you also kind of went, all right, we're going to double down on this pitching rotation. Now we've talked about it a good amount. How is this team going to win? They're going to win from pitching, right? They're going to go and they're going to be a really good pitching team. Let's look at tonight, for example. Now the bullpen did implode a little bit. That's been the problem. Taylor Rogers has been the problem. What about the starter? Club went seven innings allowed two runs. Clev has been a monster. Clev is your four starter, probably. You're, that's insane. Like, I guess you could make him your three, technically. Um, I would probably say he's like the third. The problem is it just that he's been working back slowly. Um, but your three, four, five being Clev, Manaya, Snell, that is, that is really, really nice. And you have, you know, Darvish and Mushgrove at one and two. Like, that is really, really good. So I, I think when we look at the rotation, it's really strong. Um, but they definitely have to figure out the bullpen. I think Nick Martinez is, it's looking like he's almost like moving into a bullpen role. He's been a stud at that. Um, I think that's a guy that we've talked about him kind of on and off once in a while throughout the year, but he's been really good. I, I've been really happy with how he's looked. Um, scary enough, though, he could opt out just because I think he could probably get more money elsewhere just because he's looked like a stud this year. Um, but yeah, I think I think when we, we pulled up those playoff standings, I, I think that's one where we're looking at it and you can see like the Padres – the Padres are going to be able to make it if they play well. So the big question is, are they going to be able to play well? Are they going to be able to add these correct pieces to it? Um, I also see, you know, a couple bats that could make some improvements in the second half. I think Voight right here, Ivory says, Voight can have a good second half, um, but he's not fast, but he, he's a solid right-handed DH. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he is. He had a, he, I don't know if you guys saw, but his, uh, his double today, home run in 29 of 30 parks. Uh, that's just kind of the season Luke Voigt has had. Yeah. Um, and I swear, dude, I feel like there's been like five, six like hits that he's had where I'm like, oh, it's a home run, like off the bat, like a clear home run. Yeah. And then it just dies at the back of the track mm-hmm. or, or does something like that. Absolutely. I don't know. Like I can't like put a number on. I haven't watched enough of, of overall baseball, but just watching Luke Voigt's at bats throughout the year, I feel like this guy has been screwed the most by by the dead ball and and just these home runs that just die like right in front of the right in front of the wall. Um, it's yeah. it's been it's been pretty tough for him. Um, yeah, but yeah, yeah, I don't know anyone else that you think is like going to have a, a big second half that you're expecting. Jay Cronenworth. <laughs> I mean, I yeah, you know, he had that little hot stretch. He got pretty cold again, but I really do think Jay Cronenworth is going to be very crucial for the Padres team. And we've been talking about it. Jay Cronenworth is not the kind of guy that's going to be like your second option the way he is right now. Like it's him and Manny through and through. Um, when he gets some more lineup protection, he's going to be that guy again. I firmly believe that. Um, of course, he's getting tossed into the, some trade rumors for Juan Soto. I don't think that's what it's going to take. I, I, if, if the nationals aren't going to be competing until like we're 40, um, until like we're like, you know, 30, whatever it is, Jay Cronenworth's not going to provide any use to them. None, none, literally none. So it makes no sense for them to acquire him. Uh, it makes more sense for them to get like a Harlan Susanna, um, Jackson Merrill, James Wood, those kind of guys. Definitely not a Jay Cronenworth. So I think Jay Cronenworth is not only going to stick around, but he's going to have himself a fantastic back, back half. Um, Padres need to play around 500 baseball the rest of the way in order to get that six seed. Now, of course, you don't want to settle for a six seed because then you'll end up playing the Dodgers, and you know the Dodgers are going to make a move at the deadline. Um, that's the scary thing is you don't know what move. It's going to be a big move, I would assume. Um, 
but a lot of moves for the Padres to make. I, I really do think the Padres are going to try and be the most aggressive team at the deadline. I think everyone knows that. I mean, from all the reports we're seeing right now, it sure seems as if the Padres will be the most aggressive team at the deadline. They have the resources to do it. They got the manager that is not afraid to blow up the farm. He has never been afraid to blow up the farm. And honestly, yeah, as a Padres fan, you know, especially because we're like, you know, we got the number one farm system this year, this year, and this year, and this year, and then the number five this year. And then we went down, to, we traded all these prospects, but we still got the number 15 in this year to, you know, potentially dropping down to the low 20s. Yeah, that's kind of tough. But at the same time, they're prospects, man. They're prospects. How many of them actually pan out? For the Padres especially, how many of them actually pan out? For yeah, I was going to say it's even lower. But even top 100, 70% of the guys bust out of the top 100 lists. Yep. That's seven out of ten. Yep. That's three Especially. out of ten guys that are hit. So. Yep. And for also, Padres, like one out of forty. <laughs> um. So you you bring up like kind of like blowing up the farm and stuff, but and about the Padres being aggressive, but not only that, but they have like very clear holes on the team too, where it's like, yeah, look, yeah. they have some great strengths. They have some elite hitters. They have some spots in the lineup. They have some guys that are surprises. Uh, I see a lot of people talking about Alfaro being Alfaro being clutch. Alfaro mm-hmm. needs to play more. Um, where's another one I saw? I think there's another one over here too. But yeah, I mean, like, Alfaro's been awesome. Jerkson yeah. Profar, his bats cooled down a little bit, but I've been thoroughly impressed with him over the course of the season so far. He's been 100%. really solid. Fantastic. Um, Mazzara, I want Mazzara hitting against righties every single night. Yeah. I, I don't think there should be an exception for that. I think he should be in the lineup every single night against righties. Mm-hmm. Um, Hassan Kim, Hassan Kim has taken a big step up. Yeah. Starting pitching has been fantastic, right? So, like, there's a lot of things that are really positive about this team, and there's a lot of things where you're looking and you go, yeah, Eric Hosmer has been absolutely abysmal after his really hot five, six weeks to start the season. Trent Grisham looks like he might not even be an MLB caliber player at times. Like, he looks completely lost in the outfield, completely lost in the field. And then you look at the bullpen, you go, okay, the bullpen looks terrible some nights. Like, there are guys that just and – and a lot of it also is, like, I think like you look at Garcia Rogers, they were doing really well early on in the year and they're really hitting some rough patches, but it's also come at the time where it's like, Hey, Potters are kind of scraping for wins right now. And you guys aren't really like pulling through and a lot of these games and it's really hurting them at times. So I think that also is playing a factor into it as well. Um, but I don't know. Like the way I see it is like, look, there's a lot of really, really solid spots in this team. There's a lot of, of strengths. I mean, I still think they have one of the best rotations in the whole sport. I think it's probably top three, top five rotation. But then you got to have the bullpen to go with that. You got to have a, a little bit more pop in the lineup. Um, and there are some guys that are hurt that are going to answer those questions, but you can't put all of your faith in, in Drew Pomerantz, Pierce Johnson, and Robert Suarez to even look the same that they've looked in the past. Like, I, I don't have like, and I know I bring up Palm a lot because Palm was so sweet when he was healthy. Fantastic. But he wasn't good last year. Like he wasn't throwing very hard. The velocity was down. So there's a lot of concerns for me across the board with this team. But I also think there's a lot of really big strengths and things that they can really rely on down the stretch. Um, so it, there's it's kind of a little bit. So like when you talk about the deadline is like, oh, they need to go make some moves. I, I think it makes perfect sense. I, I think that absolutely is, is kind of where they're at because – yeah, we need to go make an upgrade in center field. We need to go make an upgrade at first base slash DH, um, kind of a combination of that, because I think a, a lot of first basemen and DHs are usually playing both spots. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that makes a lot of sense why. A um, couple yeah. things in the chat. Palm making $10 million a year. Hosmer should be his most overpaid cheerleader. 
I know. What what else you got in the Padres playoffs though? And then we can talk a little bit about overall playoff picture for a little what bit. What was I gonna say right now? I was gonna say something right now. I'm just trying to remember. Also, oh yeah, this is what I was gonna say. If you go like on Twitter or you go like on any social media platform, you would swear the Padres, just from what fans say, you would swear the Padres are one of the worst teams in baseball. Like the negativity is absolutely absurd. Don't look at that. Look at the fact that this Padres rotation is one of the best rotations in baseball. They're one of the best teams in baseball without Fernando Tatis Jr., a guy that's on pace for that last year was on pace for like if he plays 162, he's probably an eight, nine plus war player. One of the absolute best seasons in baseball. Um, and, and I mean, they got the resources to be able to make trades at the deadline. Like I just, there's so many positives to this team that people do not look at. And like that, I can understand the reluctance to, to look at those because of the collapse last year, it's very hard to look at it, but it's a little different than the collapse last year. I believe it is a little different than the collapse last year. Last year at the time of the collapse, you were losing guys this year at the time that the collapse happened. Now you're gaining guys. You're doing nothing but upgrading. I firmly believe you are doing nothing but upgrading. So it is a different it is a different team. I firmly believe that. And maybe that's just the optimist in me. But I mean, this is a team that I want to ride with. Would you guys rather ride with the with you know the Corey Spangenbergs and Alexi Amaristas of the world? I mean, I don't know. That, that's definitely what it seems like sometimes from what I see, but this is a good team. Um, so hopefully they're able to do it, man. I mean you know you lose a guy like Mackenzie Gore who could be involved in in a in a trade I mean I I thought it was unlikely in the first place but um you know losing a guy that was having himself a, a solid rookie season up until a, a few days ago um not even a few days ago a few months ago um that does suck especially because you thought maybe he could be a good reliever out of the bullpen maybe he could still be a contributor to the Padres team down the line when his arm is right um I believe we're actually going to talk about Mackenzie Gore soon so I'll save it but you know, ending this topic, Potters are a good team, man, for sure. So I have one more thing I want to talk about before we shift gears a little bit, and we will come back to some Potters talk talk about Mackenzie Gore. Um, but Arthur asked a good question here, and I I think this goes with a lot of the stuff we're discussing right now. Any chance the Potters make more home to closer um, come September? So I think this is really interesting because we're talking about a lot of these weaknesses, and you're talking we're talking about the strengths too, but. One of them is is very clearly the bullpen, and and Rogers has been really really sus lately. Um, so what do you think? Do you think there's a chance that Morhone could be the closer? I mean, we've seen how disgusting his stuff is. Actually, pitched in the playoffs before, um, and looked really good when he pitched in the playoffs uh, in 2020. But what do you think about this idea? I think it's wide open as long as Taylor Rogers is not performing to the expectations that we had. Um, Morhone should not be relegated to some to some. Um, some role. I think he's more of a guy that, you know, is going to come in when, when needed the most, which if it's in a closer role, fantastic. I, if there's a guy like, like Taylor Rogers, if he's pitching like this, if our closer is pitching like this, please, for the love of God, don't have a set closer. Like I don't like the set closer. If, if your guy's not going out there, shut going, you know, three up, three down innings shutty, like, Oh, this guy's had not five straight outings, five straight innings, shutty, you know, something like that. Um, Taylor Rogers has not been like that. He has been, I'm going out there and I'm allowing a run, you know? So as long as he's pitching like this, I, I don't want a set closer. If he was the Taylor Rogers that we all knew, then I would love it. But if Mora Hone's going out there pumping 99 and he's able to get that knuckle, that knuckle change, knuckle curve, whatever it was back to what it was when he was that elite pitcher for that little stint that we saw, he would be an amazing, one of the best closers in baseball. And, and I mean, a lot of people don't want to relegate him to 
a a bullpen role but for right now that is what is best for him getting his stamina back up getting his arm healthy you know that is what is best for him i firmly believe that maybe in two years you can get him back in that role that you wanted him to be but right now i don't think it's what's best for him um Morhone is a fantastic pitcher he's i mean at, when he's healthy he could arguably want to be one of the best bullpen arms out of our bullpen possibly the best lefty arm out of our bullpen yeah better than the guy that Drew Pomeranz was, better than the guy that Taylor Rogers was. He has that type of potential. Um, the potential's untapped, unfortunately, because of injury. But soon enough, if if he's able to pitch uh, multiple innings and you know keep pitching 99, get his off-speed back, that potential will be tapped into soon. Yeah, I think that'd be a, a, a huge thing to do if the Padres decide to kind of, kind of sway away from the like, okay, we're going to have a closer, the same closer every single night. I think having rotation, I don't think a lot of people like it, but I do think it makes quite a, quite a bit sense. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, the way that Rodgers has been pitching is it, it's tough to have a lot of confidence in when he comes out. I mean, even when he doesn't allow runs a lot of times, it's like, all right, dude That's came fast. in and two guys got on base and he hit a guy in the foot with an OT yes. count. You I'm, know? Actually, like, I'm, I'm actually typing that right now. <laughs> what about someone asked the question? They said, what is the two, this one? What is yes, Rogers out pitching? Get two strikes. Rogers yeah. out pitching the backdoor slider, which unfortunately yeah. unfortunately hits the guy's back foot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's that's a tough one there. Um, but yeah, so so let's let's kind of change gears a little bit. Let's let's look at back at this uh, these standings here. So let's do the NL first, then let's do the AL. But what are your playoff predictions right now for the Padres, or not the Padres, but for the NL? Overall, what are you thinking? If you had to pick a division winner from the East, Central, and West, who are the three teams that you're picking? And then we'll go into the wild card a little bit after that, and then we'll we'll do the AL as well. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Dodgers winning the division and, and winning the – I mean, being the first seed in the, in the NL. I mean, they're four games up in the National League right now. I think they're an immensely better team than the Mets. Um, and I think they're, you know, like I said, they're bound to make a, a big upgrade, if not a big upgrade, a necessary upgrade. So I'll go with them finishing in first in the NL West and in the NL in general. Then I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with the Braves finishing second. I just think that they've been a fantastic team ever since starting slow. Um, and I think they got all the pieces to be able to, to, you know, do essentially do what they did last year. Um, the Mets are kind of one of those teams. I think they're kind of lacking power like us, and that might come back to bite them. At the same time, you look at it, they will be getting back Jacob DeGrom, who is fantastic. I mean, the best pitcher in baseball when he's when he's healthy. And they got they still got Max Scherzer, Chris Bassett, Carlos Carrasco, you know, some really, really a really solid rotation. That's that might separate them from the Braves, but I'll still roll with the Braves. Um I mean, World Series champions hard to hard to not roll with them, but that one is a toss up. I'm gonna go with. I want to go with the Cardinals over the Brewers. But yeah, that's actually what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna go with the Cardinals over the Brewers, and if they don't win the division, I do think the Cardinals are the type of team to go further than the Brewers because the Brewers have a weak lineup. Um, go with the Cardinals over the Brewers. Uh, I'll have the Mets as the fourth seed, of the Padres as the fifth seed, and I'll have the Brewers as the sixth seed. Um, yeah, that is what I'm going to roll with. Uh, did you want to talk about the NL2 or did you want to just – or the AL2 or just the NL? NL, right? Um, I'll do my NL, but let's do the AL after too. I think it'll be interesting. Okay. Um, obviously, probably a little bit more knowledge in the NL for us just because when we're watching a little bit more. But yeah. I, I think it's fun to kind of look at the teams, look who's been hot and stuff. 
Um, for me, I, I'm going to go – I'll start with the Central because I have the same idea as you. I think the Cardinals are going to jump the Brewers. I think there's a good chance that that happens. Um, I think the Cardinals are also another team. We talked about the Padres being poised to make a move. The St. Louis Cardinals are absolutely poised to make a move. They have, I, I think, the best farm system in the sport right now. Um, they also have a lot of guys. They're getting to the point where they don't really have enough roster spots for, for to protect guys anymore. And it's kind of concerning because it's like, all right, I think that we need to go and we need to move the like move packages of guys to upgrade the actual MLB team um, just because they're not going to have space for them. So I expect them to make multiple moves. They're a team that's really, really into Soto. I don't know if they're going to land him. If they don't land him, same kind of deal with the Padres. They're going to have multiple contingency plans. Uh, fingers crossed for us. But I expect them to have multiple contingency plans. I think they're going to be a better team than the Brewers. They're also two and a half games out. So like that lead in the division doesn't really mean much. Um, so I'm having them take over the Central in the East. Dude, I'm taking the Braves, man. I'm taking the Braves to jump the Mets. Um, the, the Mets are like, I just like, okay. The Mets are going to be good when they have Scherzer and DeGrom. I, I I think the Mets are maybe the worst team you want to play in the wild card round because yes, that, definitely. Like, you do not want to do that. That's the last <laughs> thing you want to play. Um, but I think they're going to be in the wild card spot. So I think that they're going to be a wild card team. I think the Braves are going to win the division. Um, it's really close right now, but if you guys remember the Mets had many, many games on, on them. So, um, we got the Mets taking a wild card, still being in the playoff, but the Braves taking that division. Um, and in the West, I have I have the Dodgers being the one seed. So I'm going to go seeding wise. Dodgers one, um, Cardinals. No, I'm going to go Dodgers one, Braves two, Cardinals three. Then for the wild card, I'm going to go Mets four. I'm going to go Brewers 5 and Padres 6. I say Brewers 5 and Padres 6 because I would way rather the Padres get the 6th seed than the 5th seed in this scenario because the way that the playoffs work um, is basically if you're the 6th seed, you play the 3 seed. So in this case, the Padres would play the Cardinals. And then the Brewers would go and play the Mets and they'd go up against DeGrom and Scherzer. If you're in a spot where you're like really close with the Brewers – I'll start losing some games and, and do not take that fifth seed. It's not worth it. There's no reason to do that. Um, and then, yeah, if you're the sixth seed, you'd end up playing the Dodgers in the second round. But I, I do think that's the best thing. Um, but I, I think that's where I'm at. So that's my, my one through six there. I think, I mean, pretty much the same. The only difference we have is is Brewers and and uh, and the Padres from the standings. And honestly, I don't really know who I would take legitimately, but I just wouldn't want to have that five seed in, in, in my scenario. A mm-hmm. um, couple other teams to, to mention in this. The Phillies and the Giants, I we talked about it a little bit before when we were talking about the Padres specifically, but these are two teams that could definitely be in the mix. Outside of them, I, I don't really think there's another team that's like legit in it. I don't really know how much faith I have in the Giants in general, but the Marlins are selling. The you know, I mean, look at all these third place teams. The the, the Marlins are selling, or the fourth place team, I guess. The Marlins aren't good. The Rockies aren't good. The Cubs aren't good. Like none of the other teams are going to be in it. So there's two other teams really fighting with the current teams in the playoffs right now. Um, but yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of where I'm at there, but anything you want to add on the NL before we, before we flip to the AL? No, nothing on the NL. Let's go to the AL. I'll go ahead and start. Um, I know the Yankees are the best team in baseball right now, but I'm actually going to go with the Astros taking over that one seed when, uh, when the season's over, the Astros are a damn good team, man. A lot of people hate them, but dude, the Astros are such 
a good team. They lose Carlos Correa and, and Pena goes in and, you know, isn't playing up to Correa, up to Correa, but he's playing pretty damn close up to Carlos Correa standards. So um, I do think the Astros will end up taking that one, that, uh, that one seed, Justin Verlander is pitching him, pitching his ass off, man. That is one of the most remarkable comebacks I've ever seen. Um, an old pitcher coming off Tommy John and doing what he's doing now is fantastic. I'll go with the Yankees at second. Um, I don't even understand how the hell the twins are in, are in, third they're 52 and 44 that is the same record as us it's just that that ideal central is 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 trash um so i i will go with the um, yeah i'll go with the twins winning that they'll get the third seed um i'm actually going to go with the rays taking over that fourth seed the blue jays taking over that fifth seed and the mariners being the sixth seed okay okay i like it I'm gonna say Yankees over Astros only because I was seeing I was reading a lot of stuff and and I was actually listening to I think it was uh, I think it was Chris Rose I want to say um, mm-hmm. just about like the AL playoff picture um, and they were talking about the about the Astros being a team that they think it, they think the Astros are gonna kind of like fall off from the one seed where like the Yankees got to keep this juice going being in this tough division where like the Astros it's like all right you're in the clear driver spot they're not really the type of team to like really care that much about the one seed and getting the biased one or two. So I think it's pretty clear where this, where the standings are right now. It's going to be the Yankees and the Astros in the one and two spots. I'll go Yankees one. I'll go Astros two. Um, Wild card is tough. I'll get to that in a second. I think it is. dude. The AL is a lot better in terms of the competition for the playoffs than the NL. It it definitely is. Um, but central, dude, I kind of want to kind of want to go with the Guardians. Honestly. I was gonna, I, I was gonna go with the Guardians. I was, but yeah, I, I, I like my my guy Josh Naylor over there. Uh, he's been he's been sick this year. All the all the walk offs he's had. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I feel like the Guardians might end up taking taking a hold of that division. Um, I'm gonna go with the Guardians. I'm gonna say the Guardians take that. I'm gonna say the Twins barely like lose that. out. Another thing with the Twins is they do have Byron Buxton, and I'm not rooting for this at all. He's he's missed so many games, you know? Like, And if they don't have him, it it is a massive drop-off when he's on the field and when he's not on the field. It is like a Tatis-level effect on their lineup. So I'm going to say that the Guardians are going to make it just because I have a little bit more confidence in them over the past few years, Uh, much more stable franchise. And also, if the Twins were to make the playoffs, I don't know if you guys know this, but the Twins have lost like 20 playoff games in a row or something ridiculous. Yep. Um, I only know this because my roommate throughout college was from Minnesota, so it was really hilarious to see how his his team's collapses. Um, but I, I don't have a lot of faith in uh, in the Twins like over the course of this season. Um, so yeah, wild card teams: Blue Jays, Rays, Mariners. Those are the three teams in it right now. I think they could. Get a little crazy, maybe the Orioles will sneak in, but I, I, I really yeah, don't think the, the O's are making it, man. Yeah, I don't think so either, but that would be fun. <laughs> yeah, I think in terms of the order, I will probably go Blue Jays, then the Mariners, then the Rays, only because this is a tough division. I think these teams are, or I think the Rays might get beat up a little bit, but I still think yeah. they're going to make the the playoffs. Um, a couple other teams that would definitely be in the mix here: the White Sox and the Twins. Since I have the Guardians winning, the White Sox and the Twins could totally you know, being a spot to, to get that wild card. Um, and final thing I'll bring up with the AL is, dude, how in the hell, how in the hell are the Angels all the way down here? It is just like, and I get it, like we talk about it so much, but 
you they're not even oh, i guess they're not they're not even on the screen right now i i have it up where, where i can see them <laughs> over the overlay they're not even on the screen man like what are they 15 games under 500 that is so bad like it, it just frustrates me just because multiple superstars careers are, are getting their careers wasted but that's my that's my al playoff picture right there um anything you want to add to the al no man nothing other than um the angels should sell otani they need to stop you need to stop holding him hostage Yeah, I am. I'm with you there. Hopefully, uh, I don't think he's going to get traded uh, this deadline, but I, I think that a trade is on the horizon for sure with him. Um, so, final topic for the night: Mackenzie Gore. So we saw his injury recently. Um, this is a, a big blow to this squad. I mean, Mackenzie Gore, while he's been struggling a lot lately, he's a guy that's that's the future of this team. He's, a, I believe, he's a pillar of this team's future in terms of the starting rotation. Now, this season, I don't think it affects them that much, him being injured. Now, also know he's only on the 15-day IL. Elbow inf- it's what elbow inflammation is the injury. The part that scares me, and this is what I'm going to ask you about, and I don't want to get like doctor mode in here, but when you see elbow injuries, a lot of times the next kind of sign is, oh, this guy's getting Tommy John. So where are you at with the McKenzie Gore injury? Do you think this is like inevitable that he's going to get Tommy John? How do you think it impacts their future? How do you think it impacts them immediately? Immediately it impacts them because that starting pitching depth is depleting a little bit. You you had seven capable starters. Now you go down to six, which, you know, I think a lot of teams in the MLB would love to have six capable starters. But in terms of the Padres, it was their pitching depth that was getting them by. And that was, uh, you know, that was essentially winning them ball games. Um, and Mackenzie Gore definitely was not winning them ball games after a little while. But um you still love to have that starting pitching depth. You'd rather go to somebody like um, you, you'd rather go to somebody like Mackenzie Gore than Jake Arrieta or Vince Velasquez. I mean, that is just a fact. So I think it, it hurts them in that aspect. The immediate impact. Um, luckily, he's only on the 15-day IL, but we know. I mean, like you said, we know how these elbow injuries go. At the same time, um, I don't know what the elbow injury is. All, all it said was elbow soreness. And I think that could just be from fatigue. It could just be from fatigue. It could be, you know, tendinitis. Um, I mean, there's a bunch of factors. So hopefully it's not Tommy John. I don't want to, you know, just assume it's going to be Tommy John because he has pitched more innings than he has in the past few years with COVID and with his immense struggles last year. I mean, it's been two years since he's been ramped up like this. So um, I thought an innings limit was perfect for him and i thought it was a little too premature to say you know this guy's a playoff starter and and you know ramp up his innings i thought it was premature and it made sense at the time because he was pitching so well but he's a kid man he's a kid who's still developing his arm he's not he hasn't even gotten to his man strength yet so um so you know we had to we we had to wait we should have waited a little bit but it's okay you know we just gotta hope he's all right um and i i do look forward to keeping him around i think long term if he needs tommy john I think a lot of people are going to panic. I'm not going to panic because it just seems like that's that's a bump in the road for every almost every pitcher nowadays, man. It's just something that so many pitchers nowadays go through that it's almost expected. Um, even the pitcher we just drafted, Dylan Lutz, goes off Tommy John. So a lot of people sometimes even go through two Tommy Johns. It seems like it's just a thing for pitchers nowadays. So it's not the biggest concern. The biggest concern is the immediate impact rather than the long-term impact. I think off Tommy John, Mackenzie Gore would be fantastic still. Um 
and he still has that immense upside that you know we've known he's had ever since he became a prospect for the Padres. But it is scary to think about, you know, this guy was having a really solid, really solid year, and then we saw his velocity dip. So this realistically could have been soreness for more than just you know that day. It could have been for a few weeks. I really do believe that is the case. That it's been more than just that day. It's been a few weeks since that elbow soreness has come, and he's just tried toughing it out. So applause to him if that is the case. But as a young pitcher, we'd rather him save it, be a reliable asset for September and October. So we'll just have to see in those 15 days, man. I mean, it's scary because also he could have been included in trade for for the one guy, the only guy I'd trade him for, which is Juan Soto, maybe even Shohei. But it's also never bad to keep a guy like Mackenzie Gore. So, you know, we'll just have to see how it all goes. Um, with that being said, I probably only got like a few minutes. Is there anything else you want me to talk about real quick? Um, I don't think so. I figured we'll just, or I think we're getting some, uh, there it goes away. It was, there was some backfeed in it. Um, I think that's probably it. I think we'll probably just go over Mackenzie Gore and then wrap it up after this. Uh, do you need to take off right now or? I can at? talk about Mackenzie a little bit more. Okay, cool. Yeah, let's do it for a couple more minutes and then we'll, then we'll bounce. Um, my thoughts on Mackenzie Gore one, I see hacks is in here. Um, he thinks that the Tommy John might be a blessing in disguise because they won't move him basically. Um, I think it's a one that's an interesting way of looking at it, but I think that you know you bring it up, him potentially getting Tommy John. It's not like oh his career is over, he's done. So many pitchers now they get Tommy John. You brought up Lesko's getting Tommy John. I, I do want to mention 2024 Lesko Gore Snelling rotation is about to hit about to hit a lot different than than anything we've seen before. Uh, no, but in all in all seriousness, I I don't think that we can look at it and go oh it's Tommy John. Can we look at it and go, oh, this might mean Tommy John, this little bit concerning? Absolutely, 100%. Anytime you look at him and he's like, he's like grabbing his arm and he's like trying to squeeze, I can't do it. Like he's like squeezing and I like can't squeeze his hands all the way. Um, and that was the part people were like, oh, this is not good. But there's a lot of fatigue at play here as well because he's never pitched anywhere close to where he's been lately. Um, he's never had this like start to a season of so many innings in a row like this. So, I, I do think it makes a lot of sense that it could just be something where it's a lot of fatigue. He's worn out. His velocity has been down. His mechanics aren't good. He's kind of getting to the point where he needs a little break. And I think this is what's going to force him into that. It also might mean that he kind of overdid a little bit or the Padres had him overdo a little bit. And now he's going to get Tommy John. That's a big blow for next year. That's what my thought is. That's a huge blow for next year. That hurts yeah. you a lot. But future seasons, I don't think it's as big of like, oh, McKenzie Gore's not going to be good anymore. It is a it is a pretty significant bump in the road, though. So I, I hope that it's not the case. I hope that he's going to be all right. But one thing I will say is if it's one of those deals where it's like, oh, we don't know if he's going to need Tommy John. Let's do a Lamette tri type treatment. No, let, let him go get Tommy oh. John and let him come back stronger. Because we've also seen that with a lot of guys is they go and they get Tommy John. And then when they come back, they end up being a lot better pitchers. They're a lot they throw hard or whatever it is, but there's improvements to their game. And a lot of guys after that first Tommy John, they're almost like a, a whole new pitcher in a, in a very positive way. Now, once you get to two Tommy Johns, it gets a little bit concerning. Um, like where Clev's at. And when you hit the third one, you're pretty much cooked yeah. at that point. That's what the kind of the scary part with it. But I definitely don't think we know if it's Tommy John yet, but I, I think it's one where it's like, Oh, uh, we've seen these elbow injuries before. And so it's a little bit of a, uh, Padres fandom PTSD right there. When you see him doing that, you're like, you got to be kidding me in a game where 
we get completely blown out. Gore's pitching an immediate meaningless game, and now he's getting Tommy John. Um, final thing I will bring up in, in the Gore stuff is if he is going to get Tommy John because of this, it doesn't mean that that is where, like, it was that exact, like, outing that got him that. It means that this has been coming on for a while, and it's kind of progressed to the point where he's going to need it. Not if just, like, oh, if Bob Melvin would have thrown him out today, he wouldn't have got Tommy John. He still would have. Um, so that's kind of the, the only thing I have on Gore, but I don't know I think that'll, I think that might do it for the first ever Friar Talk Tuesday. Um, so if you guys see, we got this, this logo down below here, AFS. Uh, this is the, uh, the collaborative group that we've been working on. We've been talking on it quite a bit tomorrow. Neither of us are going to be on. There's going to be an episode about Katie to the Celtics, a bunch of NBA stuff tomorrow. So if you guys want to check it out, I sent the link in the chat again. Um, this is to the channel. We go, we're going to be going live every every uh, night, I, I Monday through Friday most weeks. This is our first week kind of trial running, so we're only doing Monday through Thursday this week. Um, but most time, or most weeks, we're going to go Monday through Friday. Going to post a schedule probably Monday morning to all of our social medias on AFS, so we'll start putting those in for everybody. Um, but we're really looking forward to doing this stuff. On Thursday on this channel, this will not be on Friar Talk, but on America's Finest Sports, we are going to be doing a overall trade deadline preview. Going to be a heavy Padres influence in that, but we'll also talk about some other teams. We'll talk about the Cardinals and Soto and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I think that's I think that's probably going to do it. Uh, I see Hacks asked the question here: What's the exact date for the deadline? Yep, it's August second. Um, so our video on that will be on Thursday, so July twenty eighth. We'll do a, a big preview for the deadline, so that'll be fun as well. But for this next week, we got the NBA episode tomorrow. And then on Thursday, we'll be having that trade deadline episode. Isaac, I don't know if you're hopping on for that one. I'm going to be on. I don't know if I'm going to be on the whole time. Um, but I know I think Ryan, that's been on the show a couple times, is going to be on. I think Chase is also going to be on that one as well. So really appreciate you guys hopping in uh, hopping in tonight. I'm not really talking too much about the actual Padres-Tigers game, but it's been fun talking about the Padres playoffs. And even though the McKenzie Gore stuff isn't great, it's it, it's still fun to talk about the future and, and also think about uh, – Let's go Gore top of the rotation in a, in a couple of years as well. Um, but yeah, if you guys if you guys want to get some more some more uh, Padres San Diego content, that's the this is the channel we're going to be doing a lot more stuff on. Fire Talk still going to be doing our our normal schedule probably there maybe like more like five episodes a week, but still a lot of content coming your way for Padres stuff. But Isaac, anything you want to say before we before we hop off? Go subscribe, go subscribe to AFS, man. All right, guys, have a good night. Go Padres. Happy we, we got the dub tonight in extras. See y'all. Ta. <laughs>